Hello and welcome to the World Evangelistic Podcast. Today you will be hearing from none other than Evangelist Kofi Sarpong as he ministered at his home church, Champion Christian Center in Washington, Pennsylvania this October. Evangelist Kofi Sarpong has an anointing for prayer and after you hear this message, you'll understand why. So if you have any questions, if you have any comments, or if you'd like to receive prayer yourself, please contact us at info at worldevangelistic.com. We'd love to hear from you. Make sure you get your pen out, get your Bible out, get your notebook out, and take notes because you're going to want to hear this message. If you're not already subscribed to this podcast, make sure you do that now. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. That would help us out a huge deal. Well, we hope you enjoy the message. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. As I said earlier, we are honored to have in the house Evangelist Kofi Sarpong, World Evangelistic Ministry. As he comes, would you welcome this wonderful man of God that has blessed my life, that has been a blessing to so many tonight. Welcome him. Come on, let's give him a proper welcome. Hallelujah. Give Jesus a hand clap. If you love Jesus, let him hear you tonight. If you love him, I want you to open up your mouth and tell him how much you love him. Tell him, Jesus, we love you. We thank you for dying for us. We thank you for saving our lives. Hallelujah. This is my home church, so it is a privilege and an honor to stand upon this altar and this pulpit to share the word of God. I don't take it lightly. Pastor Nathan is my pastor, as you know it. He is a great, great man of God. I'm going to share something I believe tonight that I believe would help you a lot. Um, I gave my life to Jesus Christ not long ago in 2011, and I had a very strange encounter with the Spirit of God, which led into me being saved. And since then, I've been reading the Bible and praying and asking questions a lot. I am the type of person that asks questions a lot. I don't ask people questions, but I ask God questions. So, like, if I don't understand something... I go into prayer and I ask God to show me and explain it to me. And about 101% of the time, he would show me in his word. For instance, I did not understand the emphasis on speaking in tongues. I did not go and argue with that with anybody. I did not believe it. I did not agree with it because I grew up. I got saved in a Presbyterian church. I was going to a Presbyterian church. And it was taught that speaking in tongues was just one of the gifts, and not everyone has it, and not every, no one is supposed to be pushing for it. God gives it as he wills. I did not understand. I believed them, but then I went to an Assemblies of God school, and they put so much emphasis on the speaking in tongues, and I was confused. So I went into prayer, and I asked God, and God showed it to me through the word and through a dream. So I'm, I've been asking God questions, one question after the, uh, one after the other, and all the time, sometimes he answers me instantly. Sometimes it takes a process of time. Sometimes I would hear it from a message and it just bears witness in my spirit. And I just know that this is the answer that I've been looking for. 
I've been asking the question, God, there is so much preaching, there is so much confession, there is so much messages, good faith messages, but yes, so how come there is little manifestation of the Spirit? We don't see that which has been said in the Bible, we don't see the power of God like, we, like we've heard of or we've read in the books. And I've been asking God these questions, I've been reading and studying and meditating upon it, but I believe that God has showed me that missing link between that missing link that needs to connect together so that we can have the manifestations that the Bible, God said, that for these signs shall follow they that believe, that in my name they shall cast out devils, they shall heal the sick, and they shall raise the dead. I believe, I believe strongly with everything in me, with every iota of my being, that Jesus Christ is coming soon. And as the Bible says, that for the latter is greater than the former. That I believe that the greatest days of the move of God or the, the greatest days of, of what God is going to do or what God is going to be doing, we are going to see it in a greater measure in our lifetime than anybody has ever seen it. I'm not saying that God is not moving. I'm not saying that the power of God is not being seen. I'm not saying that there is not people being healed, but the measure which, you know, the Bible says that Jesus, they brought the sick to Jesus, and all the sick were healed. And Jesus Christ says that the work that you see me do, you also shall do these works, but greater works than this shall you also do. So I begin to ask God this question. I begin to ponder and study from the word of God. And I begin to realize that when you study the book of history, you check history or, or the history of Christianity since the days of the apostles up to now. Now, and you check the history of the great revivals that has hit the nations of this world, and you check the histories of great men of God that has walked on, on, on the face of this world, there was, also, there was always one thing in common in all the churches, and that is the thing that is missing in our generation, that they knew how to tarry and pray. They knew how to seek God in prayer. You know, Jesus Christ taught the disciples how to pray when they went to him, and he says, the master, how must we pray? And he says that pray that our Father who art in heaven, thy kingdom come. So you see from the Bible that Jesus said that the kingdom of God is only not, is only going to come by prayer. The kingdom of God is not going to come by teaching and preaching of the word only, but by prayer. I believe that God is not going to do anything in this world unless men pray. I strongly believe with everything in me that things don't just happen in, in this world. Things don't just happen. Things don't just happen. When you give your life to the Lord, you know, many Christians in the church are going to go to hell. And I'm not saying that as a discouragement, but I'm saying that as something to awaken you and, and revive your spirit and bring your attention to something. That the moment you give your life to, you know, the Bible says that there is three steps or three levels of salvation. That we are saved by grace. We are being saved, which that you are saved, your spirit is saved. You are being saved, which is the working of on your soul and your mind. And the Bible says that we shall be saved, which is your body, your corruptible body, taking an incorruptible body. That you shall receive the glory glorified body just as Christ received when he resurrected and um you come to, and I come to understand that you don't just just because you are saved or you are in the church doesn't guarantee you access to heaven 
Listen to this. Because you know, the Bible said that work out your own salvation. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 12, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So you understand that after you give your life to God and after you get saved, there was a working that you have to do. The Bible says that we are not saved by works. We are saved by faith. But after you get saved, there is a work that needs to be done. And the Bible said, the Bible said that there were 10 virgins in Matthew chapter 25. There were 10 virgins that was waiting for the bridal part or for the, for the bridegroom. And as they were waiting, there were other people who became reluctant. They allowed their candle to go out. And the Bible says that when the groom came, they were not allowed to enter because their light or their candle or their oil has run out. Listen, these people were people were the same people who were brought in into the bridal team. They were part of the team that were supposed to go into the temple. They were part of the group. They were part of the Sunday church. They were part of the usher team. They were part of the hallelujahs and they that were clapping. But because they allowed their light to go out, when the groomsman came in, they were not allowed to follow suit. The Bible says that we talked about the parable of the feast. That invitation, the king has announced that he was having a feast. Just as we understand that in heaven there's going to be a great banquet. And many people, if you are here, you have accepted the invitation to be part of this great banquet. And because you have accepted the invitation of this great banquet, your presence is expected to be there. But the Bible said that on that day, in Matthew chapter 25, on that day, when the king finally told them, go and tell them that the banquet is ready, let them come in. There were some that said, I just bought a land. I cannot come. Let me go and check out on my land. One said, I just got married. Let me go and, you know, go and spend my, my marriage with my wife. And because of that, they were not allowed into the banquet. Things don't just happen. I'm just building up onto something for you to understand. You know, if you understand this, when the church calls for a prayer team, you'll be there. You know, it, it was very heartbreaking that, you know, the pastor declared. The pastor declared a fasting and asked people to pray certain time and you go there and it's only the pastor and a few and other pastors that were praying and the whole church was reluctant and people wonder why things are not working. It is, it's not a rebuke but it's a rebuke. People wonder why things don't work the way it's supposed to work. Let me show you something from the Bible. You know the Bible says that in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 20 says the Bible says that God gave dominion unto man. God gave dominion of this world unto man. And man through sin lost that dominion unto the devil. When God speaks, God is a just God. God is not going to say something and take it back. When God says, it becomes a law. And it becomes final. So God said that I have given you dominion over all the face of this world. So what does that mean? It meant that God made man God over the world. You know, the Bible said, the Bible says that God said, let's go down and make man in our image and in our likeness. So man was made like God. That is why the psalmist says that for ye are God, but ye shall die like mere men. For ye are God, for ye shall die like mere men. God gave man dominion over the affairs of this world and gave man the authority to rule over the animals, over all the kingdoms of this world. And through sin, man lost his place to the devil. I will come back to that, but let me go back to working out your own salvation. The reason why I say 
that just because you are saved doesn't guarantee you access to heaven. If you could put on the board, put 1 John chapter 3, verse 3. Just because you are saved doesn't guarantee you access to heaven. Because in life, things don't just happen. Man has to be deliberate in his actions to assess the things of God. The Bible says that since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And those that get access to the kingdom of God must do so with some amount of craziness, some amount of violence. And I see a room full of people that are going to say that enough is enough. We are not going to sit back relaxed for the devil to advance in our family. We are not going to sit down for the devil to inflict us with sickness and diseases. We are going to stand up and rise in the power of the Almighty and take back what is ours in prayer in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 3 verse 3. Somebody going to put it there. I'll read from my Bible. 1 John, if you could put that in the New King James or the King James. I am a King James only, and I don't apologize for it. I don't think any other Bible is inspired by God, except the King James or the New King James. If you read any other Bible, God forgive you. You see, the, the verse that was preceding this verse was talking about Jesus Christ coming back. Coming back for the bride. And he says that anyone that has the hope that Jesus is coming back, what every man that has, you know, put verse 2 there. Let's read from verse 2. It would be more clear. He says that, beloved, now, beloved, now are we the sons of God and it's doth, it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. That is what? It's being saved your body being saved, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Verse 3. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. So you see, when you have the hope in you that Jesus Christ is coming back, the Bible said that just because you have that hope in you doesn't guarantee you access to heaven, but just if you have that hope in you, the Bible said that you Purify yourself even as he is pure. So there is that purification. There is something you have to do after you give your life to Jesus Christ. So if you, you have given your life to Jesus Christ and you live anyhow. And you just want to sit down wait for the better day. Oh, oh that glorious day. How glorious it's going to be when Christ comes. And the Bible says that he is a man with, that, with no spot or wrinkle. The Bible says that there is many people that shall do miracles by, by his name. And he shall say unto them, get away for I do not know you. And they shall say unto him, but master, we cast out devils in your name. We heal the sick in your name. And we raise the dead in your name. And he shall, speak to, he shall say to them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Things don't just happen. Everything you do in life has to be done through a deliberate has to be done through a deliberate action or deliberate reason. Amen. You have to understand first of all that the world that we live in as I started to speak on earlier on that the world that we live in is not God is not in control over this world. 
You know, many people have had it, had it wrong. I went to a school where they talk. I understand. You have to understand the sovereignty of God. When you understand the sovereignty of God, what the sovereignty of God is, yes, God is the creator of the universe. God can do everything he wills and he wishes. But God has chosen to not do certain things except man brings him involved. You know, God will not be God if he changes his mind easily. Man changes his mind, God does not change his mind. God created this world and put man in charge. So in the books of God, man is in charge of this world. But through the fall of Adam, man relinquished that authority or that authority he had over the world into the hands of the devil. That is why when Satan went to, went to God and said, God said, have, have you seen my servant Job? And the devil said to him, but God, you have put a hedge of protection around him. And God said, him, God said that everything that he has is in your hands. Do you know why God said that? God was not saying that, Satan, I am sending you to go and afflict Job. What God was saying that because Adam relinquished authority over the world into your hands, as long as he is in the world, he is at your disposal. So you can do to him as you wish, but you are not allowed to touch his life. So you have to understand this. God is not in charge. That is number one thing you have to understand in this world. When you understand that, you would begin to act differently. God is not in charge of this world. If God is not in charge of this world, who is? Put on the board 2 Corinthians. I'm going to preach very shortly because I'm preaching on things don't just happen. So we have to take actions to certain things. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. And whatever they put in there. 2 Corinthians chapter... Let me read from the New King James. Since the King James, I am even having problems reading it. But I'm still King James only. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe. See that Paul was talking to the people of Colossians, and he says he said that the God of this age. This was after Jesus Christ had come, and Paul wrote the letter to the church of the people of Corinth, and he was talking about the, why some people are not able to be saved. And he says that the God of this world has blinded their mind. He has put a veil upon their mind. Let me show you two things that when the God of this world, what the devil does to blind people. First of all, he puts a veil on the minds of people so that they don't get saved. And after they, even if they're able to break through and get saved, he still puts a veil on the minds of Christians so that they cannot receive the truth of God and so that they cannot be effective in serving God. Because if you have the revelation of what Jesus Christ did for you, there is nothing in this world that can stop you. If you have the revelation of what Jesus Christ did for you, there is no addiction in hell that can keep you bound. There is no sickness that can attack your body. So the God of this world has placed a veil upon their mind so that hearing they hear but they can't even perceive, they can't understand. So that's what Paul was selling them. And I want you to understand that in Galatians, Galatians chapter 4 verse 19, Paul talked about, let me turn there, Galatians chapter 4 verse 19, Paul talked about his children that he has traveled for them over and over again. And like I said earlier on, I've asked a lot of questions. I asked God 
questions all the time. And I ask God, how come churches, there are some good, good churches. And, you know, I ask that for myself so that when I get into that position, I will know how to deal and handle things. It is very important that when you don't understand something, some happenings in your life, instead of sitting down and crying about it, go and into prayer. If you don't understand it and don't know how to deal with it in prayer, ask God for his counsel and his wisdom. And when God speaks to you concerning that thing, you would then know how to pray and deal with that thing. I ask God, God, how come there are some churches, not this church, they do so well in evangelism. Outreach is one, one, one outreach after the other. But there is like, there's no growth in the church. And I saw from the scriptures, Paul said, Galatians chapter 4 verse 19, Going back to the God of this world has blinded their minds. So you bring somebody to church because there is a veil on their mind. They come and they are not even able to connect. So Paul, knowing these things, after all, he was the one that wrote to the people of Corinth. Knowing these things, he says that what purpose, let me, I'm reading the wrong one. He says that my little children for whom I labor in birth. Until Christ is formed in them. What, when you read from the King James, it says that my little children whom I traveled again and again. He, Paul, understood that after you give birth to them, you will travel. You travel to give birth to them. And you travel in prayer to sustain them. There is one man of God in Nigeria, Pastor Debo. He gathers millions and millions of people. And after, every time people come to the altar call to give their life to Jesus Christ, he would ask them to get their names. And he says that I'm going to pray for you. I never understood this thing. Because Paul knew that when you do not travel for the souls that you have brought in, the God of this world would blind their mind and then it was, it's like catching a fish and throwing it back into the sea. Though they come to the church, though you do an outreach, the people are not able to be planted in the church because there is no traveling in the church anymore. There is no traveling for souls in the church anymore. There is no traveling for families anymore. There is no traveling for or no intercession anymore. That is why it looks like the devil has had a few days in our communities. The devil has had a few days in our cities because there is no one standing in the gap. Oh, the book of Ezekiel said, God said, if I could find one man that will stand in the gap and pray for this nation and pray for their family and pray for their community and pray for their people in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray that let there be the grace to pray come upon this church in the mighty name of Jesus. Let the anointing to travel come upon this church in the mighty name of Jesus that we shall stand in the gap for Washington. We shall stand in the gap for Pittsburgh. We shall stand in the gap for Pennsylvania. We shall stand in the gap for the United States and we shall say enough is enough. Devil you can't have this nation. Devil, you can't have this generation. Devil, you can't have these people. In the mighty name of Jesus. God is not in charge of this world. After man relinquish authority or man relinquish his authority that God has given him onto the hands of the Satan, onto the hands of Satan. Satan became the God of this world. And when he became the God of this world, God cannot 
come and do anything because that would be going against his own precept or his own law. That is why, you know, the second coming of Jesus Christ. That, you know, God, it would make sense that God can just come. He didn't have to come into this world as a, as a, as a, as a man. But because spirits don't have access to this world unless they, because, you know, man has been given authority over this world. So for a spirit to have access to this world, they have to do it through a body. That is why demons possess. You know, because the devil can't do anything to you unless he does it through. He uses somebody to do it. And also, if God is in charge of this world and God has a lot of questions to answer, Somebody asked me, if God is so good, how come there is people dying? How come ISIS is beheading people and God is not doing anything about it? The answer is very simple. Because God is not in charge of this world. This might sound very strange to a lot of people. But I believe that by the time we are done tonight, you would have a full understanding. And you would begin to take a stand and take your place. For the Bible says that the earnest expectation of all creation awaits the manifestations of the sons of God. There is a place for you, there is a role for you to play in this world. In the mighty name of Jesus, we have been confessing revival. We have been believing revival. But until the church of the Lord Jesus Christ rises up and pray. Listen, every revival came by prayer. You could check, you could check history. Anybody that has studied church history, there is no revival that did not come by prayer. Every revival in church should came by prayer. And that is the place I want the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to get back to. And I want your families to get back to. That is why I'm bringing you this message. I want you to understand. But until you can pray, because I've had so many people ask me this, this, I can't pray. I try to pray for two minutes and I can't pray because you don't understand the power that is in your prayer. You don't understand that you have more power in you. Than a thousand people, the Queen of Scotland said, I fear the prayers of John Knox than the prayers of, I fear the prayer of John Knox than the armies of England. One, the Queen said, I fear one man's prayer. You know, um, I read a history about D.L. Moody. And D.L. Moody said, I would rather teach one man to pray than teach thousand men to preach. I would rather teach one man to pray than teach thousand men to preach. And they said that D.L. Moody was riding in a train through Rochester, New York, and all of a sudden, people's, the conviction of God hit the whole city. People started weeping. People, could, people that were at the bar could no longer drink. They started shaking, and people were falling out even in the streets. And one young man said, what is the strange thing that is going on in this city? Asked one old lady, we have never seen anything like this before. What is going on in this city? And the old, old lady said, it looks like Brother D.L. is in town. Let me tell you this. When there is a man to pray, God will stand in. Let me tell you something. One man defined prayer as the daily necessity for a daily triumph for you to triumph against the things of this world for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against powers and principalities God has instituted, instituted the channel or the vehicle of prayer so that he can access the things of this world God gave power to man, man relinquished the power to the devil and then for God it's a spirit 
Jesus Christ are for God is spirit. Anyone that worships him must worship him in truth and in spirit. So for God to have access to this world, God has to do it through a human flesh. That is why Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ couldn't come the second time unless he became man. That is why he has to go into the womb of a woman, wrap himself around flesh, around body, so that he can now step from eternity in Start from eternity into the physical world. He can start from eternity into time because now he has become man. So for God to do anything in this world, God has to be able to do it by the invitation of man. That is why we pray. Many people define prayer as a communication between man and God. But let me tell you this. If you end there, prayer is not only a communication between man and God. Prayer is the avenue or the channel that you use to enforce God's original intent. That which God said it was from the beginning. Listen, in the beginning, it was not so. It was not meant for man to be afflicted. It was not meant for man to be sick. It was not meant for man to be poor. When you go back into the book of Genesis and you check in the beginning of creation man didn't need to pray because there was no devil man didn't need to pray because man had authority over all things prayer became a necessity after man fell see prayer became something that is needed after man fell because now God wants to intervene on, in the affairs of man God wants to help you but because he is spirit, he cannot step out of eternity into time unless you invite him. You have to understand that. That is why we pray. Prayer is not only communication between man and God. It is part of it. Prayer is not only a communication between man and And that is what a lot of people have got wrong. Prayer is enforcing God's will into your life. You look through the scriptures and the Bible says that by his stripes you were healed. But yes, so you are afflicted with sickness. And you sit down and fold your arms and said, in God's time, he shall make this all perfect. In God's time, I heard one preacher say that God said that a day is like a thousand years before him. So if you are waiting for God's time, you might be waiting for a thousand years. God's time is your time. God's time is when you choose. God's time it's when you choose. Because he said that now, today is the day. Now is the day. God's time is your time. And many people, because of this, and because of this, because of the lack of understanding of what prayer is, the church has veered or has moved away from prayer. And we are not using the, the power that we have in prayer. I read a book from Charles um, Charles Peter Wagner, long time ago, and he wrote in there, he said, that little prayer, little power, much prayer, much power, more, um, uh, no prayer, no power. Wait on for you to access the divine power of God. It has to be done through prayer. Paul said, the Bible, we read from the Bible, the most effective apostle among all the apostles was Paul. And Paul told us his secret. He said, for I pray in tongues more than them all. Paul showed us his secret. How was Paul so proficient and so 
was able to write most of the letters to the churches. You know, Peter was supposed to be the apostle Jesus Christ left the church to. He says that Peter, you know, Jesus Christ said, Peter, would you feed my sheep? And he said, yes, I'll feed my sheep. Jesus Christ left the church in the hands of Peter. But how come we read and pour everything we read from the Bible, Paul, Paul, to the point that Paul was able to stand in the place of authority and even rebuke the apostle of all apostles, Peter. Because he said, I pray in tongues more than them all. Until the church prays, there is nothing. I am one of those people that strongly believe with everything within me. That unless man pray, there is nothing God can do. Unless man pray, there is nothing that God can do. He says that for I have given in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places through Christ Jesus. Everything God needs to do, he has already done it. It is left to man to assess, assess the things of God. And that can only be done through prayer. Because we have neglected prayer. That is why the enemy is having a field day. You know, when you understand the power of prayer, because by the grace of God, I say by the grace of God. And I was talking to the first lady at Dallas the other day. I was like, by the grace of God, I've had a lot of encounters, demonic encounters. And, 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 and in spirit, let me put it this way, spiritual encounters. I've, I've, God has given me the, the pleasure to, to encounter a lot of things which developed. Not, not everyone, I'm not asking everyone to go through that. I use that as a privilege because, you know, the pop, we know that what don't kill you makes you stronger. So I, I use that in every, every step of the time. Every time I have those things, it builds me up. It doesn't weaken me. It builds me up and it opens my mind to a lot of things. When I was in Bible school, I had so many encounters. So I came to understanding, I came to understanding that unless you pray, the devil will never leave you alone. Unless you pray. You know, many, you know when there is something going on in your family that you don't understand, it's not a time to cry. It's not a time to complain. It's not a time to run to the pastor. It is a time to put on. The Bible said, for we are in a spiritual warfare. I am not telling you that. You know, Jesus Christ has already defeated the devil. So what you are doing is enforcing through prayer that which has all been already done. So when you pray, you are not battling the devil. You are just telling the enemy to back off. Back off. This is not your territory. I know who I am. I am a child of the living God. Sickness is not my portion. Enough is enough. Prayer has to, there has to be a prayer revival. You know, I've been contemplating and debating. I've been contemplating and debating. I'm trying to find the courage to talk to Pastor Nathan to give me a permission to start a 5 a.m. prayer and see who will come. Start a 5 a.m. prayer in our church. You see how it got quiet because everybody's saying I'm not going to be there. But then when trouble comes, when trouble comes, you don't know where to turn to. Listen, if you are able to stand and pray even 15 minutes a day, the devil would move away from your, your family. You don't have to pray for a long period of time. You have to understand that you need 
to incorporate prayer in your life. I like that definition by the Archbishop. That prayer is a daily necessity for a daily triumph. You need prayer. Paul said that let prayer be made for all men. Let prayer be made for all men that they may come to the knowledge of Christ. That they may come to the knowledge of Christ. For we to get people saved, it has to be done by prayer. After we pray, that we go out. You know, when, when we were in Bible school, we did something which was very strange. Even though I'm not so fond of the Bible school that I went to, but that, which I thought was very good. Before we go out to witness, we would go into the prayer chapel, pray for an hour, hour and a half. And we will ask God, God, give us a word. And then we will go out. I remember after engaging in one of those prayers. And I stepped out and I met a man. And the moment I started talking to him, this man, they did not want to talk to me. You know, and I'm not a prophet or anything like that. But the moment I stepped out, this man did not want to talk to me. And I began to say, you know, alcohol is going to destroy you. It's going to kill you. Just as the alcohol destroyed your father, this man stopped in his tracks and turned to me and began to ask me questions. And we led him to the Lord. How did I know all those things about him? Because we prayed, we traveled in prayer. Traveling prayer. You are, when you get into prayer, you hijack. You can, you know, when a man prays, he sets himself as the, as the authoritative or the authoritarian. English is not my first language, so bear with me. I'm just mixing up words and saying words that I don't even understand. But you put yourself in a place of authority over your family. You begin to dictate, you know, you don't argue with people. People can come before you and they say worse. You just turn your back and go into the place of prayer. And you begin to set the laws and rewrite the laws. And say the things that you want to happen. The things that you want to see. They can say what they want to say. They can talk what they want to talk. But I will go into my secret place. And I begin to rewrite. The job. You know, your boss is giving, I remember my friend called me. From New York. And he was like, oh, he, he barely calls me. We grew up together in Ghana. He barely calls He said, I have a boss that is giving me problems. And I said a few things to him. And I know they are going to fire me tomorrow. Can you pray for me? And I prayed for him and I said, they are not going to fire you. He went back and he called me back the next day and he said, they didn't fire me. I was in the car with a man who goes to this church. I'm not going to say his name. Because he's not here. I don't know why he doesn't come to church. And his brother called him and he said, I just said a few things to my boss and they are going to fire me tomorrow. And as he was in the, on the phone talking, I said, They are not going to fire him. And he's still working there. The same brother said, there is a lady at my job who is giving me problems. I was testing with him. He said, there's a lady at my job who is giving me problems, making my life miserable. I said, okay, ho ho okay hold on, I'm coming. Man, they are going to remove her. The following week, he tells me they are removing the lady. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what is going on. If you learn how to pray, you can change the course of things. 
you can change the course of things. You have to understand this. When you watch a movie, when you watch a movie, all you see is the actors, don't, isn't it? All you see is the people that are acting. But the real people that are making things happen are those that you don't see. That is how life is. Life is spiritual. The things you are seeing, we are just acting through life. What goes on behind the scenes is what is the reality of life. Because the Bible said, God said, let there be. And it was. Where was it? He called from eternity into time. So if God had called things from eternity into time, which means that there is a reality called eternity. There is things happening in the world that you don't see. Sickness is a manifestation of that which has already been done in the spirit. A few years ago, we were going to a retreat in, in New Jersey. And before we left for the retreat, I, had a, I slept and had a dream. We got into a car accident. I woke up and I said, this cannot be. That is not my portion. That is why I don't understand. You know, people that get accidents, just, you know, if you pray, there is no way. Because accidents are accidents. You know, accidents are things that have been birthed already. Things that have been programmed already. And when it happens, it's a manifestation of that which has already been programmed. Don't let the devil have a field day in your life because you are too lazy to pray. So I began to, I stood, I heard that, I saw that, and I prayed. I prayed, I prayed. We went to New Jersey, I drove. Nothing happened. We were coming back. All of a sudden, I was blind. Couldn't see the road. And I, my car told the boy, I didn't tell anybody in the car. I don't want to scare them. I already saw you. I've already dealt with you. That's what I said. I already saw you, and I've already dealt with you. My eyes cleared up. When you pray, listen, if there is a man to pray, there is a God to answer. If there is a man to pray, there is a God to answer. Jesus Christ taught his disciples, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy will be done. Thy will, what was he saying? That for the will of God to be done, man has to call the will of God into existence. Man has to be the one to enforce the will of God. He says that that which you bind in heaven, that which you bind shall be bind in heaven. And that which you loose shall be loosed. God is not going to come and bind. God is not going to come and loose. Learn to pray. God is not in charge. God is not in charge. The God of this world. But Jesus Christ said that he has... Take, he stripped him of all his powers. Yes. So now God is not in charge. The devil is not in charge. You are in charge. But you know that the devil is a thief. And he's a manipulator and a deceiver. And until you, have, you come to understanding your place and your position as a child of God. And you begin to enforce the will of God. The devil will continue to maneuver around you. Will continue to afflict and inflict will continue to abuse and slap you around. I was, I was laying down, I think, a few days ago. And all of a sudden, there was like a migraine coming on me. And you know, I'm the wrong person to mess with. There was like a migraine coming on me. 
I opened my eyes and I said, Lord, I arise above migraine. That's a new thing. I saw that in the Bible not long ago because the Bible said, for we are seated with Christ in every places. So then I came to understand if we are seated, that means I am high above every problem. So when I see a problem bringing itself, all I have to do is that I have to reposition myself into my inheritance. So I say, God, I arise above it. And as quickly as it was coming, it left me. Learn how to enforce the will of God in your life. Learn how to enforce God's original intent into your life. Things in life don't just happen. And as long as you think God is in charge, things would, the devil would use that to destroy you and abuse you. God is not in charge of this world. You are in charge of this world. And from tonight, in the name that is above every other name, God's original intent will be enforced in your life. From tonight, wherever you have been pushed around, shoved around, you are rising above every attack of the enemy. You are rising above every sickness. You are rising above every addiction. You are rising above every poverty. You are rising above every Every plans of the enemy, for the Bible says that we shall put down every device of the enemy, every imagination of the devil that has exalted itself against the against the knowledge of Christ shall come down in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus, every veil that is blinding you shall be burnt in the name of Jesus Christ. Prayer brings what is in eternity into time. Prayer brings what is in eternity. What God has already done. Because when you, you know, understand this. He says that for God has given us all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies through Christ Jesus. But how come we are not accessing it? You know, that is why you have to ask yourself questions. You have to ask God questions. If God said he has already done this. How come I am not assessing it? How come I am not grabbing hold of it? How come I am not seeing the manifestations of it in my life? He says that by his stripes I am healed. But then it's like, but it's like the scripture was reversed. The scripture was otherwise. He says that it's like the scripture says that by his stripes I am he- I am sick. Because every day of my life I battle sickness. Because God is not in charge. Because the Bible says that it's the will of God. That no man should perish. How come every man is not being saved? It is the will of God that no man should perish. The man went to Jesus Christ and Jesus said, what must I do for you? And he said, master, if it is your will, heal me. And Jesus Christ said, I will. It is the will of God that every man should be healed. How come not every man is healed? Because men have forgotten that God is not in charge, but they are in, have been put in a place of position. God said, occupy till I come. What does it mean to occupy? If I am traveling and I said, occupy my house till I come, which means that I've left you in charge. Of my house. And if a thief comes into my house, you have to guard my house. You are in charge. Nobody can come and tell you otherwise. I have given you the authority over the things of my house. 
occupied till I come. But man is not occupied. That is why we see, you know, there was, there was a plague that plagued Africa a few years ago called Ebola. You know, you have to understand. I want you to come to a place. That's why I'm not preaching. It's like I'm, I'm teaching you a few things. And I'm going to pray for the sick today. But I want you to understand certain things. The power that is in prayer. There was a plague that plagued West Africa, where I'm from. It, you know, Liberia got hit. Cote d'Ivoire, like all the surrounding countries. But I saw men of God in Ghana. They stood and said, not here. Began to pray some serious and dangerous prayers. And there was not one incident in Ghana of Ebola. Every nation around Ghana had Ebola except Ghana. Because somebody stood up and said, I avert and divert. I cancel the plans of the enemy. This disease shall not touch this land. That is why you stand up and pray. When there is something going on in your nation you don't understand. You don't pick up plaques and you don't go and protest. You stand there and say, as long as I live, this thing shall not stand. Elijah said, if I be a man of God, where are the men and the women of God? There has to be a, you know, I, I blame everything that goes on in a nation. I never blame the people. I, I don't blame the president. I blame the spiritual leaders. Because as a spiritual leader, God sets you, and I'm talking about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, not just the pastors, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because as the church, God has set the church as the gatekeepers of a nation. And you don't have to go and protest. You can speak. He says that speak the word and it shall be established. You know, God says that they shall take their counsels in the regions of the sea and they shall not stand. They shall speak a word and shall not stand for God is with us. When God be for you, who can stand against you? We I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that Father, since this is my home church, let a prayer revival hit this church in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Unless man prays, there is nothing that God can do. Check the story, check history. Check the life of Billy Graham, and you heard Evangelist Jonathan say it all, all the time, that a group of businessmen gathered to pray for a revival to hit this nation. And out of that revival, God raised a young man to take the torch of the gospel around the nations of this world. The Azusa Street revival that transformed the nations of this world was birthed by a hunger to pray. That one man said that I'm going to pray until I see something happen. John Knox said, oh God, give me Scotland or I die. And then we saw the birth of the Presbyterianism, the Presbyterian church. You know, Pastor Deboe said that as I was walking in the, in the night, and I said, God, make me a supernatural Christian. I am tired. I don't want to be an ordinary Christian. And God appeared to him. And there we see that which God is doing in his life. You read the story of Dr. Yonggi Cho. And I'm telling you all this. Of people that are currently walking on the face of the earth now. You saw the story of Dr. Yonggi Cho. This man prayed and prayed. And then out of the prayer birth the largest church of, in the world. You saw the story of Bishop Oedepo. Out of prayer birth the largest church of this time. Of this generation in the world now. Until man prays. There is nothing God can do. A nation like Nigeria was a, about 80 to 90% Muslims. And God raised a man called Benzini Dahosa. 
And then when they, when they declare something, this man would go into prayer. And I've, you know, I listened to almost everything you could find of him. He says that they declared that there is no more proselytization in the country. You, kidding? you can't witness to anybody. No more open air crusade. And he said, I went into prayer. And I asked God, God, what must I do? And God said, what do you want to do? And he said, I want to put up the largest crusade this nation has ever seen. And God said, go ahead and do it. And that was what introduced evangelist Reinhard Bunker to the scene. He put up a million soul crusade. Over millions of people was there. Invited Reinhard Bunker. And Reinhard Bunker came to preach. When man prays, things happen. There is power in your prayer. The reason why your children are not serving the Lord is because somebody has not gone into prayer. And let me say this again, and I'm going to end very shortly and we pray. Let me say this again. Prayer is not only communication with God. Prayer is not only a communication with God, but prayer is telling the devil Enough is enough. Take your hands off. And from tonight, in the name of Jesus Christ, when you begin to pray, when you begin to speak, heaven shall come behind you. Heaven shall come behind you and enforce the will of God in your life. Enforce the will of God in your family. Enforce the will of God in your marriage. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the life of Jesus, Jesus said, I do nothing but that which I hear my father say. Constantly, the Bible said that Jesus would leave at midnight in the night when everyone was sleeping and go and pray. Jesus himself, the Messiah, the son of the living God, the man that claimed that he was God, the man that came from heaven himself, he himself has to engage himself in prayer to be able to see God move in his life. He had to engage himself in prayer. So if the king of kings and the Lord of lords, for the Bible says that all things were made by him and for him, that nothing was made that was made. For he is the light of this world. You know, in the beginning, God said, let there be light, which means there was already light. And where was that light? That light was Jesus. He says that I was there from the beginning. And he, has, he had to pray. The Bible says that for he is the word of God. The logos, the word of God. So when God spoke, it was Jesus moving. He had to pray. And he says that the works that I do, you will do also. But most of the time we forget the works that Jesus did. That we forget that Jesus prayed. We forget that Jesus fasted. All those were part of the works he did. It's not only the casting out devils and healing the sick. He fasted and he prayed. So if you shall do greater works than that, then you need to pray more than he prayed. You need to fast more than he fasted. The works that I do, you shall also do. And greater works than this, would you also do? You have the importance of prayer. Things don't just happen. Things are not going to change in your life. Just because you sit down and fold your arms. Things are not going to stop in your life. The addiction is not going to break off from your life. That sickness is not going to leave. Just because you, you fold your arms and it's waiting for a better day. I know many Christians, I know many people that have been waiting for a better day. And they are still waiting. 
There is no improvement and no change in their life. Because they forget that things don't just happen and God is not in charge of this world. They are waiting for the sovereignty of God, that God will do things in his own way. God will do things when he wants. But that is not how it works. I am sorry to, to disappoint you today that that thing that you've been thinking and, and you've, been, you've been relying on for so long is only a blindness that the devil has put on your eyes so that you don't come into the realization of that which you need to do. You know, James said that faith without works is dead. After you get saved, you get to work. And tonight we shall get to work. Somebody say, we are going to work it. We are going to work prayer. We are going to make prayer. We are going to pray to bring what is in eternity into time. We are going to pray to pull our healing from, from, from the spiritual world. We are going to pray to bring our families into the knowledge of God. We are going to pray to cause there to be a supernatural growth in our church. We are going to pray to cause there to be a financial overflow in our church in the name of Jesus. We are going to pray. I came to pray today. All what I'm doing is just giving you a background and just encouraging your spirit and let you understand why we pray and why you need to pray. Because enough is enough. We need, the Bible said we go from glory to glory. We have stopped at one glory. We need to go to the next glory. And from tonight, you shall go to the next glory in the name of Jesus. You shall see the next glory in the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, you shall see the glory of the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever is saying that they will not let you go, whatever force is holding you bound, Whatever is resisting your progress, I came with a news that tonight, if God lives in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, it shall let you lose. Tonight, if God lives, your sickness shall come to an end. Tonight, if God lives, that addiction shall break off from your life. In the mighty name of Jesus, there is going to be the fire of the Holy Ghost. You are going to encounter the fire of the Holy Ghost like you've never in the mighty name of Jesus. The hand of God shall come upon you tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. When we begin to pray, there shall be a manifestation of the Spirit. When we begin to pray, God shall come from eternity and step into time and begin to work on your behalf. God shall fight on your behalf tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus. For the Bible said God said that vengeance is mine I shall replay. I shall repay. Tonight is the night of your vengeance. Tonight is the night of your turnaround. Tonight is the night of your victory. Tonight is the night of your freedom. Tonight is the night of your deliverance. Tonight is the night of your breakthrough. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You shall break through and break forth. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You shall receive your healing tonight in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Tonight is your night. Tonight is your night to break through and break forth. Tonight is your night for God to come out of eternity and to step into time. Tonight is your night in the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to open up your heart. We are going to pray because things don't just happen so we have to make things happen. If you believe it, let your amen be the loudest. Yeah. Rise up on your feet. I came to pray. I don't know about you. But I came to pray tonight. Hallelujah. 
Who else came? If you came to pray, make a noise unto heaven. If, if you came to pray, make a noise unto heaven. Clap your hands and shout unto Jesus. Open up your mouth and begin to talk. Begin my kate de baha. Shebre de bayandi. Jibre andu remoko todobo. Open up your mouth, somebody. 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 Shekan todobo reba. Jibre hante de be. Jibre kayando do remedebe. Jata da baha. Jada badaba. Rema kayan todobo. Shekabayande rebe. I want you to say and convince yourself that tonight is my night. Tonight is my night. Heaven must respond. Heaven must answer me tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus. Open up your mouth and begin to talk to God. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost now. Open up your mouth. Don't whisper. Just open up your mouth. todo. Shakaya daba, jebreyando remekede, jebrekayanto roboroko, jabrakayante debe. Open up your mouth and talk. Open up your mouth and speak. Pray in the Holy Ghost. For out of the belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Jebrekayando, rimahande debe, jebrekayando robo. Let me tell you something. As you begin to pray, God will be moving in our midst and God will be touching some people. I want you to engage your heart and engage your mind tonight. God is gonna, the Holy Spirit is gonna be moving in our midst and touching people as they pray. Engage your heart, open up your heart and open up your mind and pray like your life depends on it. Pray like everything depends on God. Pray tonight. Don't just watch other people pray. Pray like everything depends on it. Pray like you are going to the electric chair if a miracle doesn't happen for you tonight. That is what is missing in the church because there is no intensity when we pray. You know, the Bible said in the book of um, James that the earnest prayer, the fervent prayer of a righteous man when you study in the original language, the Bible says, it says that energy, the prayer that goes like a hot boiling fire. Like when you put a hot like water on fire and it begins to boil. That is the kind of prayer the Bible said that it is effective and it is dynamic in its working. That word dynamic is that same word that is used for dynamite, explosive. That same word that is used when the Holy Ghost came, the dunamis, the explosive dynamic, dynamite power becomes available when you pray with a fervency. The Bible says that Anna began to pray even though no words was coming out of her mouth. Because of the fervency in her spirit, Eli thought she was drunk. I don't know what I don't know what your situation is or what your issue is. You know, many of you probably don't have anything to be fervent about. But if you don't have anything to pray about, just pray for me. If you don't have anything to pray about, just pray for me with fervency. Amen. Open up your mouth and begin to speak in the Holy Ghost. 
Jibre kayando re kayande. Kantorobo she kayantanaba. Jantere bayaraba. Remeke torobo. Rakayanda rabasha. Katere bayando roko. Jebre ya katerebe. Kebre yandere bahando. Yanda rabasha taraba. Kebre ya karobohe. Remendere baha. Jandere bakatorobo. Rakadabaraba. Jebre yandoro. Yantere bahando. Rakabaya. Jebre yekede. Rekeyede. Jekeyede. 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 Kere baha. was it for this episode by evangelist Kofi Sarpong on prayer. We hope you were blessed. We hope your life was changed and that you will apply the principles and teachings that you heard in this message. Again, if you have any questions or comments or anything you'd like us to pray with you for, make sure you contact us at info at worldevangelistic.com. You can also sow a seed there if you'd like to stand with us financially. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at World Evangelistic on Facebook or on Instagram at evangelist underscore Kofi. God bless you. We hope you were blessed and we'll see you for the next episode.